0: This is Peter and Tricia welcoming you today to Great News and God's Views, a half hour weekly broadcast on Free FM 89.0 Independent Community Media. We can be contacted by email at greatnews376 at gmail.com. That is greatnews376 at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you. Our worship theme today as we walk by faith, God is able to accomplish great things in and through us. WALKING IN FAITH On the heels of an incredible miracle of healing for Aeneas, the eight-year bedridden paralytic, the Apostle Peter is seen again following in the footsteps of his teacher and acting much like an Old Testament prophet. A key to understanding these miracles is the purpose in turning people to the Lord and beginning to walk in faith. Physical healing stands penultimate to the spiritual healing of eternal salvation. How would Peter approach a situation when called upon to pray for someone who is dead? We read from Acts chapter 9, beginning at verse 36. Now there was a jopper a certain disciple named Tabitha, which by interpretation is called Dorcas. This woman was full of good works and alms deeds, which she did. And it came to pass in those days that she was sick and died, whom when they had washed they laid her in an upper chamber. And forasmuch as Lydda was nigh unto Joppa, and the disciples had heard that Peter was there, they sent unto him two men, desiring him that he would not delay to come to them. Then Peter arose and went with them. When he was come, they brought him into the upper chamber, and all the widows stood by, weeping and showing the coats and garments which Dorcas made while she was with them. But Peter put them all forth, and kneeled down and prayed, and turning him, to the body, and said, Tabitha, arise. And she opened her eyes, and when she saw Peter, she sat up. And he gave her his hand, and lifted her up, and when he had called the saints and widows, presented her alive. And it was known throughout all Joppa, and many believed in the Lord. And it came to pass that he tarried many days in Joppa with one Simon a tanner, an unusual woman, On the surface, a casual observer may think that Dorcas was simply a woman in this story who served only the purpose of being the object of a miracle accomplished through Peter. She was more than just a handy corpse, however. Verse 36 describes her as a disciple. This is the only occurrence in the New Testament of the feminine form of the term for disciple. To be described in the story with passing reference is notable enough, but she is classified as a disciple, that is, a follower in the Christian faith. "'Her ministry is described as doing good and helping the poor. "'She was not a follower who continually received ministry. "'She was a disciple who practiced ministry. "'Her ministry was marked, apparently, among the widows of the area. "'They loved her dearly because of her many acts of kindness. "'She apparently made them robes and various articles of clothing since they were poor. "'Her ministry was one that was desperately needed by those widows.' When she became ill and died, the women, as well as all the believers, were at a loss. The Faith of Friends An interesting point to this story is that after it was clear that Dorcas had died, her friends still urgently called Peter to come. They believed that Peter could reverse the death process. Certainly this was part of the description of those who would follow in Christ's ministry but it would also be a possibility for a prophet to accomplish such a miracle. In her helpless state, Dorcas' resurrection depended on the faith and action of her friends. Here is the power of the Church as a corporate body. There can very well be times in which we find ourselves in a helpless state, and the body of Christ functions to edify or build up those who are helpless and lifeless. There will come times for most believers when they will need to lean heavily upon the faith of brothers and sisters to bring them through. The Faithful Disciple How simple it would have been to just attempt to comfort them and help them accept the new reality of the loss of their friend. Peter swallows hard, though to move towards the miraculous. No doubt he has some direction from God for what miracle should occur and obeys the Lord's command. The greater miracle may not be the resurrection. God had certainly provided this act as as simple as speaking the words, Come forth. No, the real miracle would be the movement of faith in Peter's heart. Is this not the man who denied Christ three times? Is this not the man who returned to his fishing trade when it appeared Jesus was dead? Now look at him praying to resurrect a dead saint. The change in Peter's disposition and faith to bring the intervention of God to hurting people, rather than taking the easier way out, is clearly a miracle that is within reach for us. Our miracle is to respond to God's call and direction faithfully to open the doors that untie the hands of an omnipotent God. You are listening to Great News and God's Views on Free FM 89.0. Our first music today... The Holly and the Ivy, a seventeenth-century English carol,
1: Thank
2: you
3: Does the human Y chromosome suggest that men are headed for extinction? In 2003, an Oxford University geneticist claimed that the human Y chromosome was crumbling before our very eyes and that the demise of men was imminent. Since this time, other researchers have pointed out that these doomsday predictions were overstated. For instance, the Y chromosome has a unique mechanism for correcting harmful mutations. Nevertheless, the Y chromosome certainly shows signs of overall decay, as do the other chromosomes. Human genetic decay is a real phenomenon but it flies in the face of evolutionary ideas. According to evolutionists, all the complex coded information in our genomes supposedly arose through a slow accumulation of random changes called mutations. However, what we see with the Y chromosome is that such natural processes consistently degrade the genetic instructions as opposed to create them. Since the time of Adam, we live in a decaying world, just as the Bible says.
2: To find out more from Creation Ministries International, visit our website, creation.com.
0: You are listening to Great News and God's Views on Free FM 89.0 Independent Community Media. Are you listening? It was a cold, wintry day in late December, and the Jews were celebrating the feat of dedication, called Hanukkah. On the east side of the temple in Solomon's Colonnade, Jesus walked. The Colonnade protected him from the cold east wind, but not from the cold stairs of the people who were with him. The people were there for a reason. They wanted to know, and they were clamoring for an answer. They pushed in all around him, and they were in his face. Are you the Messiah? If so, tell us plainly. Jesus looked at them straight in the eye and said quietly, I did tell you, but you didn't believe me. We read from John chapter 10, beginning at verse 22. And it was at Jerusalem the feast of the dedication, and it was winter. And Jesus walked in the temple in Solomon's porch. Then came the Jews round about him and said unto him, How long dost thou make us to doubt? If thou be the Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus answered them, I told you, and ye believe not. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. But ye believe not, because ye are not of my sheep, as I said unto you. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. When did he tell us, someone murmured. I never heard him actually say he was the Messiah. Soon others echoed the same words, and murmuring grew louder. Jesus replied to the crowd in answer to the murmurings. The miracles I do in my Father's name speak for me, but you do not believe because you do not my sheep. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I protect them and give them eternal life. And my Father, the greatest power of all, also protects them and keeps them safe. The Father and I are one in this purpose. Sheep, "'Listen to your voice. Who do you think we are that we would follow you as if you were some great shepherd? We are not sheep but men,' one of them shouts angrily, and they picked up stones to stone him. One wonders, weren't they listening? It was a beautiful day in the middle of spring. The sky was blue, the trees were green, the sun was a warm yellow.' Two friends were enjoying the outdoors by sitting at a picnic table in the park eating lunch. "'Do you really believe that stuff about Jesus?' one friend asks. "'I mean, do you really think that he is the Son of God, the Messiah, the Christ, the Lord, Saviour, and all those other names I've heard him called?' "'Yes,' came the simple reply. But Susan pressed on. "'But why? Why Jesus and not someone else? I'm not sure even—' I believe in God, much less Jesus. Adam thought for a moment, then answered, Because of the things he taught, the miracles he did and still does, because he died for all of us, and because he was raised from the dead, no one else has ever done these things before or since. I don't know, Adam. It seems to me that Jesus was a good man, a great man for that matter, but the Son of God? I don't think so. It's just too weird. As Adam started to say something, Susan picked up the chicken leg and made a gesture with her hand that clearly indicated that the subject needed to be changed. One wonders, will Susan ever listen? It was a rainy Sunday morning in early autumn. The worship service had just ended and people were standing around in small groups talking among themselves or gathering their family members together so they could go to eat lunch. No one took notice of the stranger standing in the back corner of the sanctuary, but if they had noticed, they would have been struck by the impression that he was listening to the many conversations going on all at the same time. One angry-looking man said vehemently, I don't care if it's okay to do it. It's different, and I don't like it. We've never done it that way before, and I for one won't stand for the change. If they insist on changing the worship format, I'm going to raise hell. Another man in the group added, "'These young people, all they want to do is turn worship into a feel-good experience. "'They have no respect for worship as reverence and awe.'" At the same time, a young man in another group was saying, "'Why can't they see that we're dying spiritually "'and that our worship services need to be more exciting? "'They're just so stuck up in the past that they won't listen. "'Well, if they won't change, then I'll go somewhere else.'" I don't have to put up with their sanctimonious and overbearing attitudes. It occurred to the stranger in the corner that the meaning of the teaching, love one another, had been lost to these people. In another part of the sanctuary, a businesswoman was scheming in her head about how to close on a deal with a customer who really didn't need what she was offering. In fact, she was pretty sure the customer was thinking he was getting something that would by reality not live up to his expectations. But that's not your concern, she reminded herself. She needed to commission this sale would bring. So what if the customer was mistaken about the full potential of her product? Was it her fault that the customer hadn't done his homework properly? As she left, she shook the preacher's hand and said, "'Good sermon this morning, John.' A smile was forming on her face, not because of anything the preacher had said, but because she just decided on the sales strategy she was going to use. "'It was going to work, and she knew it. "'The commission has my name on it,' she told herself as she drove away. "'The stranger just shook his head and thought, "'Is that what it means to do to others what you would have them do to you?' "'And he knew that while she faithfully attended church, "'she had at least for the time being—' chosen to follow the voice of another master. Finally, the stranger lifted a scarred hand to wipe a tear and said out loud to no one in particular, Are they really listening to my voice? I sometimes wonder. Our next music, Hark the Herald Angels Sing, written by Charles Wesley in 1739 and modified by George Whitfield in 1758. Hark the Herald Angels Sing.
1: As he might, God and sinners were conciled,
0: Continue In the Bleak Midwinter A Christmas Carol based on a poem by the English poet Christina Rossetti The poem first appeared to set the music in the English hymnal in 1906 with a setting by Gustav Holst. In the Bleak Midwinter
1: In the Bleak Midwinter The frosty wind made moan, Earth stood hard as iron, water like a stone. Snow had fallen, snow on snow.
0: We continue with Away in a Manger. This is Peter and Tricia thanking you for joining us for Great News and God's Views today on eighty nine 89.0, independent community media. We invite you to listen every Sunday from 9.30 to 10 for a presentation of historic Bible-based Christianity, highlighting preaching of the Word, classic songs, hymns, and spiritual songs. We use only the King James Bible, the Authorized Version. 89.0 is live streamed from freefm.org.nz or tune in and now on Amazon Echo devices using the FreeFM 89 Alexa skill. We would love to hear your comments on this show. We can be contacted by email at greatnews376 at gmail.com. That is greatnews376 at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you. Our closing music today God Rest You Merry Gentlemen, a 16th century English traditional carol.
1: Blessed angel came and unto certain shepherds brought tidings of the same that in Bethlehem was born the Son of God by name, for oh, tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy, O oh, tidings of comfort and joy. For more episodes of this Community Access Radio Show, please visit freefm.org.nz. Thanks to New Zealand On Air for making this podcast possible by funding the Access Internet Radio Project.